0: Yeah, we got a special guest speaker today. <laughs> uh, actually, it's Becky. She She's special, right? She's not a guest. She didn't finish her message from last Sunday, so I told her she could finish it this week since she only did the introduction last week. But I don't preach near as long as she does. Anybody who spends 40 minutes doing an introduction to a message, something can't be right about that, right? But...
1: Well, either that, or you just try to follow the river, right? <laughs> yeah, that was funny um last week i It was really wild when um I started just talking about the river, or history. It was just like the Lord was just on it, and so I decided to just go with that. So um how many of you, y'all were, most people were here. how many who was well, I'm not going to ask you that? <sighs> That's kind of dumb. kind of dumb so i did lie it was not the message i preached in argentina jim the message i preached sunday (laughs) you noticed jim actually interpreted that message and for me so it was it was great but um so last week when i did start i do want you to put that scripture back up denise um there is psalm 46 just wanted to read that this was kind of if you heard it, some people have gone and listened. They weren't. We got a bunch of people camping this morning, so you know. Uh, if you notice people being gone, we have about once or twice a year a bunch of our people like to go camping together, and this is the weekend. So, Lord bless them, ha- let them have a really fun time in you. So, um, so last week I gave this. This I want to just read it again. I want to open it again. Psalm 46.1, because this is so key to history of who we are, says as God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. So this was really uh, just an introduction again. Maybe I won't preach on this whole thing again. I could. I'm just going to let the Lord do whatever, but... Just was giving you our history of revival and how this church has, uh, where it's come from, where it's been, that really this scripture has really described, it's really our scripture. We actually formed our name from it uh, when we changed the name of this church years ago to River Life, and it was really before we had a major outpouring. this scripture just caught us uh, because we did love the Holy Spirit, and we, it caught us, and so we named our church River Life. But a few years after that, the Lord really poured out his spirit. And little did we know that um, down the road when we would go through so much shaking, as that scripture really talks about the mountains shaking, falling into the sea, that the, us being in the river and learning to access the Holy Spirit river, that that's really what would sustain us through many difficult and dark days. And I, and I felt like the Lord just really just came in on that last week. It was pretty powerful. Um, you know, one of our young widows here, she said to me afterwards, she had lost her husband in December. It was actually Amy Underwood. She said, you know, Becky, really, that's what got me through the loss of Chris, was being in the river. And I know all of you that have been through stuff this year, your losses that just that the Lord had really prepared you. For where you've been. And I just want to encourage you with that. Isn't that powerful? That that the Lord, his spirit is way more than this foreign Holy Spirit thing that we hear about. And that so many of us have shut out actually because we've not understood him. But um, praise the Lord that he's good. That he's poured out here. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm forever so, so grateful. And um, mm, so good. So I want to, pre- I want to proceed with my message. I'm going to put this right here for a second, but, um, from last week, cause honestly, I never did get off of this. So, uh, I wanted to just give you this. this is really still just history with us, but, um, I feel like it's the testimony is so powerful. Okay. It's when you give testimony, It really releases something. Like last Sunday when I released the testimony of the river, you could just feel what happens. The power starts breaking out again. (laughs) And, And I've discovered this about the Holy Spirit. I don't really understand. But when you talk about him, he starts coming. He just is that way. It's just, you know, I think it's interesting. The only sin that can't be forgiven is is really grieving him it's really speaking against the holy spirit isn't that interesting you would think there'd be a lot of other sins that you really couldn't get there's no repentance for it but I just believe the Holy Spirit is to be honored and respected and to be received and to when he's around, when you see things going on that you don't understand, the worst thing we can do is make judgments and opinions about it. Just leave it to the Lord. It's really, really important because he does love to be honored. Something really important about that. So. But here's, um, at River Life, another thing. I'm going to continue a little bit about our history um, and get a little more in-depth this week. Um, one thing that happened, we, we went into a major revival seven years ago at the women's retreat. I shared with you. And for those of you who were not here last Sunday just to bring yet the, the Lord came. We moved into revival at that point. We've learned about getting into the Holy Spirit River, and we've never been the same since. It's just been amazing, but one thing um, I wanted to tell you that actually I believe preceded the being able to actually receive that river was a revelation of grace that the Lord actually we we spent a whole year before that revival came talking about grace, and there's something about grace that just releases something there it's like it, it's like it releases an atmosphere where there's freedom is um it, in and that I believe that 's really why we were in a place of able to receive what the Lord was doing here and i 'm not going to really go in real depth on grace, but I did want to give you a few scriptures about it because one thing um, when all the testing and shaking that began to happen to us over since two thousand and nine we had a series of really really rough things since 2009 that just over and over, lots of deaths, just one thing after another. I really have not felt to go into any of that because the Lord is saying it's a new day and it's time to go on and not to forget what's behind us. That's certainly not what we're doing, but God's really speaking something right now. And, um, one thing, um, I wanted this is just a great scripture. I wanted to explain grace to you a little bit. If you'd put up that Second Corinthians one twelve. Yeah, I love this. It says, For our boast in, in this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. And one thing he says in there about the grace of God and the Amplified, he says the grace is actually this. It's God's influence that comes into us and endows us with strength. It's, it's like it's an initial thing where we we receive, we get our sins forgiven and salvation. This is really what, if you expand this out, that it's talking about if grace is undeserved favor. It's not anything that we deserve. We didn't earn it. You can't. Only thing you're doing is receiving it. It's for by grace are you saved. Re- remember that scripture is so elementary. It's a free gift of God. But it's not. This is where so much of the church gets trapped. Is they understand grace when we first get saved, but do not realize that grace is also an empowerment for living. It's it is it's a strength that's been exerted in and through us. And the interesting. That's why I say it links with the Holy Spirit because it takes grace for you to un- under a revelation of grace to understand the work of the Spirit because that's really what He's actually doing in us. It's His power being exerted in and through us. And everything is so intertwined with grace, the Holy Spirit, glory, goodness. It all goes and this is all things that when we've gotten in the river that the Lord has done in us. And um, grace was just kind of an initial outpouring that preceded the revival. And this is, um, I want to say this, it says "Is ex- this grace is exerting his holy influence upon souls. It turns them to Christ, and this is important. It keeps, strengthens, and increases them in Christian virtue. So do you see what that is? We have a real big missing puzzle in the church today today. All this legalistic preaching about you do this better, you do that better, you get, you get going, you follow the rules is legalism and it's toxic to your Christian life. In fact, the scripture says that the law just brings death it really just gives you death when you're living by a list of rules it's just death you'll never because i'm going to tell you why because you're going to fail when it comes to that you're going to fail every time living out of your own strength until we learn how to tap into the holy spirit river to the grace of god we will never succeed as believers you'll only make it so far because there's really only one that can live the life of the the christian life that we're called to it's been it's we're being called to live it by the grace of god lived by another not ourselves, and it's key. It's key to accessing the Holy Spirit and understanding His work in us. It all begins by that revelation of grace. And here's what it is. It's so important. Exerting. Grace exerts that holy influence coming from the river, coming from the Holy Spirit, coming from unearned favors. You can't earn it. You can't grasp it that way. And I love this. It keeps... It not only brings you initially, it keeps you. It's keeping us. Grace is keeping us. It's holding us. Now let's think about why does it do that? Why does grace do that? Because we're not relying on our own strength. That's why it keeps us. We're utterly unable to do this thing. It's really why Jesus died. It's really why he went to the cross. It's because we were not able we're not able to do it on our own. Had we been able to begin with, Christ would have never come to this earth and died and took all our sin and released the power of the Holy Spirit and His grace into our life. He would have never had to have done it. Think about it. We could have done it. So this grace in 2 Corinthians 1.12 is keeping us, is strengthening us, and it inc- keeps increasing in us. It's just increasing the the Christian virtues that we've been called to live by. Isn't that awesome? It's really powerful. When you really, th- I get excited about grace. I actually could stay on it for a long time. <laughs> but um, you know, if you go to the adventure School, I do a whole series on it. Um, but anyway, that's that's not till January, I think. But I just wanted to give you that. There's some, something really key about us getting out of the way in our lives and letting grace do its work it's you want to you know my one of my i say this all the time i can boil it down is let go let god and let grace do the work in every situation that'll just sort of summarize the whole grace message let go let god let grace do the work you know that's really what's happened for us also in the holy spirit Rivers we just learning to yield to him Let him live his life through us. You're gonna find so much more success when you're letting him live his life through. But you have to understand grace. You have to understand grace to be able to do that. Because it's unearned, undeserved favor. You just can't, you can't get it anyway. Except just saying, you know what? Christ has done it all. He's done it all. And all I'm doing is I'm by faith. I'm accepting the sacrifice on that tree. That's all I simply have to believe. The finished work of Christ has done it. It's done it. And so now we're in a new ballgame. We're living by grace and we're living by the Holy Spirit. We have a flow in us. That's really anytime you don't have what you need, stop and say, let go, let God let grace do the work. I, I My life is not being... The Christian life is not meant to be lived by me. It's, been, it's meant to be lived by another. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So that was... Pers- you know, it's kind of a mix, but we really preached on grace for a whole year. Um, and it's, it's probably my favorite um, subject because I see so many. And, and, and it's just unfortunately part of our flesh nature to want to do things on our own and when we get into that the enemy loves it because we'll try and fail and run away from god anytime we're failing just go back to the simple message of grace just go right back to the starting point and uh and the lord will meet you there every time he meets me there every time so so one of the things I wanted to say to you today is um, I wanted to just go over a, a couple of things. The list of things that I felt like in the midst of the the outpouring of the river, what God has done for us. And then when we've gone through a shaking, because that really, the all of this has sustained us. The river has sustained us. I wanted to tell you a couple of conclusions that I have come to not why we've been through difficult times, but just conclusions. I, I think we are, we never know on this side of, of heaven why we go through the things we go through. And I think we would form wrong theologies to even go there. But I do think there's some conclusions we can come to. But I want to just tell you this. Um, after last year, uh, when we were losing so many people, we—I've told you last week—we we buried, you know, several people in a row, and I'll tell you, many people are sitting in this room that have have been involved. Have there, you know, you've suffered it the most. I just want to say that, and I'm—I I, just—it's hard. It's hard going through really tragic things of loss. Um. And but you know, last year our roof broke at the in the middle of all of that it you know we just remodeled and the roof collapsed and all that and I just when that happened in August, and we were really on our way to you know Chris had just been diagnosed he's amy's husband um you know and i it was just not looking good and uh, about him, I really at that point started really knowing in my spirit that we We're going through this thing that Psalms 1, 3 says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I felt like we were being, I felt like we were in a test. And um, I, I just felt like there was just too much that had come at us. We had, you know, poured out to the Lord. We had allowed his spirit to move here. But I knew instinctively that we were being tested. Um, and I've been through tests before. Have y'all been through tests where you knew the Lord was allowing you to walk through some things and, and I'm so thankful I'd been through a test before or test and kind of knew what to do, which is just be still really, and not try to figure it out, you know, but just know you're in a storm, you're in a test and you just need to get a hold of God. That's all you know, right? But the Lord just began to say to me, you know, you've been in my, you've been, this church has been in my spirit for now, for six years. You've been in the river. You know what to do. The foundations are being shaken. And this applies to our lives. It applies to river life, but it applies to our lives, too, and, um, And, but here's, I just want to go through, I'm not going to preach on each and every one of them, but I just want to go over these because I believe they're really, really key. Um, when you're going through shaking and testing, okay, you know, you go to your, you go to the things that you know, and here's what I knew is that his love never fails I knew somehow in the middle of this, that no matter what happened, that by faith, I was going to stand on the word of God and know that his, his, you know, that his love does not fail us. That is really what the Bible, the word says. So I stood on it and I believe this church stood on it. And I, I feel like in the middle of what I'm saying to you, I feel like I want to commend each and every one of you who have, have gone through all of this with us. And many of you sitting there that are maybe newer that you've gone through your own stuff. Cause I believe that the Lord is actually commending us. I feel like, um like the Lord is saying, you know, you've gotten through it and these, your, your foundations shook, but you stood on them. And I feel like I, that's really what's in my heart for this message is to say, well done. I mean, you stood when it was like you just didn't really feel like you had anything to stand on, and I. This is one of those foundations that we knew His love wouldn't fail us. I mean, we sang our way through that. You know that, you know, the the chasm was far too wide. I never thought I'd get to the other side, but Your love never fails. That that one verse there would just carry me. So many times, I knew that God's love would not fail us. I just knew that. And also the other thing that I feel it was another foundation was that I knew he was with us. That no matter what, where, when, no matter how it all gets tossed up and thrown down, that we can always know that God is with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And he's right there. He's right beside us. And that, you know, in the word of God that we can stand on, that His he's with us it's not going to forsake us. And um I felt like another thing that was really key was worship. I felt like um this church worshiped has worshiped this way through hell and back. Honestly. I felt like we have stood in here at moments when we did not know what was going on. We just, you know, just hard. But, you know, we determined, no matter what, this is another thing that goes with it, that God is good, and that His mercy endures forever. And I just felt like so often just stood to our feet together, corporately I know individually, and worshipped our way through the tragedies that we were facing. And, you know, there's something so sweet, I've said this before, that this is the only time in your history, my history, on this earth that we'll ever have the chance to worship God in the midst of our tragedies, our heartbreaks, our disappointment, in the face of it all. You know, when we get to heaven, we won't have a chance to do that. It'll be over, but this is our chance. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, thank God. This is our chance. That we just stand and, and choosing it, choosing to worship, choosing to say, I don't understand. I was thinking about that this morning when, you know, when we're in the midst of someone dying and someone is saying, when I don't understand, I choose to worship you anyway, Lord, I'm just going to choose it. You know, I remember years ago when a friend of ours, their, little, their son, their 12-year-old son was diagnosed with leukemia, Byron and I, You know, you don't really realize this when you go into ministry. People really clamor to get into ministry, but they don't really realize that you're the one that's going to be there every step of the way through these hardships with people. And that was one of the first ones that we faced that was so hard when a 12-year-old was diagnosed with leukemia. And I was in the hospital with her. Byron and Jim had gone back to Mooresville to get clothes, and I was standing in the hospital room with Lori Larson, and many of you know them, and... It was amazing. Lori, you know what she chose to do? Worship. She just stood there and worshiped over her son's bed. It was a powerful moment. I'll tell you for me. Powerful moment. And Lord, give us grace to do that when we face those moments, right? Because you can't do that on your own. There, That's not of yourself. It's You need grace for that, right? Amen. So, ooh, that's mm, something. So... Of course, I talked to you last week already about the river has been uh, one of, you know, we just get in the river, just didn't have the answer for everything, so we just get in the river, right? And I'm telling you keys right now. Listen, folks, the shaking, you know, the earth is sh- going to shake. Nations are going to shake. But if, if we really understand how to access his spirit, we're not going to shake, when the foundations are shaken, I think there was a book written by Anna Roundtree that really impacted us early on. It was called Heaven Awaits the Bride, or is that it? And I love I, I, it's an amazing because the first part of the book she sees, she sees this. Um, she sees the church, She sees people running. They're just running, running, running. And there's a battering ram, whatever that is. What is that? Something bad. It was chasing them. It was big and it was chasing him and she was seeing him. She began running and she was running, 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 running. And all of a sudden an angel started running up beside her. Okay. And the angel said, come. And there was a golden cord that, sh- that came down out of heaven that he pulled on and a stairway opened and her and the angel ran up the stairway in that wild up into the heavenly realm. And this whole heavenly realm experience opened to her so I'm just going to tell you, you know, that's really where our history is here To We have learned in the river to access the heavenly realm just that way. It's just, you know, when times are hard, we, we, that's where we need to go. We need to pull that golden cord and just run up into the heavenly places where we're seated already heavenly places. And, you know, we've just learned that. You know, something very simple and, and foundational to our faith that we really didn't know before the outport. We probably knew it instinctively, but really got a hold of that. So that's, um, that's exciting to me for every one of us. You know, when we're facing anything, just go get in his presence, get in the river, get his mindset, get his perspective. not that awesome? So, amen. So um, this was another huge thing for us that the river actually, um, when we got in the river, Byron talked about it, was the spirit of adoption got poured out. And um, that spirit, whoo, you need the spirit of adoption when you're facing rough stuff because here's the truth. Often when we're facing rough stuff, because even with as much as we had been, um that's Holy Spirit pouring out and telling us that we 're sons we 're daughters now I want to quick tell you this real quick, so John fourteen is there when the disciple I get confused which one it is Philip, he asks jesus, he said, The show us the Father we 'll be satisfied and Jesus said, have I not been with you so long and you don't understand that I am in the Father, the Father is in me. He was basically saying this, everything you see me do, how I've been relating and healing the sick, uh, how I relate with my, can you not see that I've been trying to show you the Father the whole time? And I saw in that way back when we first were being impacted by the Spirit, there was something in me that I had that same cry. That Philip had was I was like, Lord, if I could just see the father, there's something in me that will be satisfied. And I realized there is a hunger in every single one of us to be connected with our heavenly daddy, to really know that we're sons and we're daughters. And they're, you know, because listen guys at the end of the age, guess what's being revealed? The sons and the daughters are going to be coming forth. They and they are not going to come forth if they don't know who they are. You can't come forth if you don't know who you are. So this spirit of adoption is key, breaking abandonment off of us. And all that is is all that insecurity and wrong thinking about ourselves. Every one of us, you know why we struggle with it? Because of the fall of man. Every one of us, I don't care who you are. You know, Byron accuses me of being raised in a really confident family. He called them super Davises. Because my mother, (laughs) my mother thought all six of us, could. she thought we could fly to the moon or something, you know. But, But, you know, it wasn't true. Every one of us suffer in some way. So that is one of the things. Listen, John 14 goes right on down and talks about this. I'm not going to, Jesus said this, it's important that I go away. Because I'm not going to leave you bereaved, comfortless, abandoned. Look at that, abandoned. I'm going to bring to you the Holy Spirit who's going to tell you he's going to bring everything that's from of me and give it back to you. And then you go on into Romans and you see the Holy Spirit is what? The spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba. The Holy Spirit is key to us understanding that we're sons and we're daughters. We can't really have that without really his spirit flowing and being activated in us. And you know what? You have to combat this thing all the time. By grace. By grace you combat it. You keep going back to the Holy Spirit River. Isn't that good? Going back to, and tapping in to the Holy Spirit. Because that's who he is. He'll tell you. He's going to tell you who you are. And so when you're going through times of shaking. Actually there was a word that came on my um, inbox this week. that Actually is my message I preached last week. I didn't know who the person was, but he said, you know, all this shaking that's been going down, it's made you question whether God's really going after you or something. And he's upset with." he said, no, you're on the launching pad. That's all this is, is a launching pad. And so that's what I believe. I believe all that we've been through is just to take us from one place to the next. It is a launching pad. But, you know, while we were uh, going through it, our foundations were being shaken, and the spirit of adoption was key for us. I really honestly will tell you this, like I said last week, I don't know that we would have made through all that we've been through. Um And I will say this, I feel like we've turned, I don't want to just keep making you feel like terrible things are going to keep happening. I don't believe that. I believe we're in a new day. I really feel like we're in a new day, and you need to grab on for that, so... Um, but that spirit of adoption is so key. And the heavenly realm, just going after that. And keep going after more grace. Just keep going. We just keep, that's what we, we realized that it was by grace we were going to be able to be sustained. I tell you, another really key thing for us was this too, is choosing, like I said earlier, to believe that God was good. You know, it's really easy when I mean, let's just be honest. To start accusing God when things aren't going well, I mean, am I the only person that does that? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a a big flesh pattern to begin to accuse God when things are not going the way we want them to go. And, um, but I'll tell you, if you really look at it, one of the examples I see in Scripture to that was when Moses. The children of Israel um, were down at the bottom of the mo- of the the mountain, and Moses was up. G- listen to this: Moses was up there getting the Ten Commandments. He was up there getting stuff for God. I mean, major encounters. But in the delay, the children of Israel got disappointed, and what did they do? Go off and start worshiping a cow. A goal, you know, is that crazy? But it's our nature when God's not acting the way we want him to act. When he's not moving in the time we want him to move, our hearts can kind of drift that way. But I'll tell you, you know, uh, Bethel helped us a lot because that's one of Bill Johnson's big things. is just he's good. He's good all the time. He's always in a good mood. We don't understand why things are going on, but he's good. And so through the process of all that we go through, it is really key to believe that God's good. You just, that, listen, there's a lot of our situations and experiences that don't line up with the Word of God. But it doesn't make the Word of God not valid. Okay? It just doesn't matter. That's just not the way this thing works. This is what the Bible says. He's good. And his love endures forever. His mercy is forever. And we just choose to believe that. And I believe when we choose to keep believing in his goodness, that he has a plan for us. There is something good coming on the other side of this. We're going to get through. There's going to be breakthrough. There's a new day coming. For whatever reason we're going through this, you know, it's, he's good. And we just keep being, choosing that he's good, keep thanking him for his faithfulness of the things we are seeing him do. It's very key to when we're going through storms in our life, right? And those really are the way, I will just say this, the way I believe that I can commend so many people here. I believe you did, you did just that. I just want to just almost stand up by myself and applaud because I've seen so many do that. So many. And I'm really, really grateful for that. So and um if you just put up that scripture, first Peter one seven. So I was just gonna tell you, I don't know why we go through things, but I do have some conclusions. Okay, I just told you how we got through. But I want to give you some conclusions about times of testing. I think it's important that we understand that. It's when you we're in a time of testing, you it's It's a a storm. You're in a storm. And there are clouds all around. You really can't see. Your bearings are not good. Pilots will tell you that when they're flying an airplane. When they get in storms, they can't see a thing up there. I'm sure when a ship's at sea and they're in a storm, it's the same way. And you just basically, you've got to go to your instruments to tell you what's what. And your foundations are your instruments, right? You go to your foundations. So, um, but first Peter 1 7 says this, that the trying of our, the genuineness of your faith. There's another version that says the trying of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. And though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And um, when I was pondering on this, because this is a pretty typical scripture you quote when you're going through stuff, but um, I was really seeing in here that when we're being tried, it is our faith being purified. And these are just, I want to say this, these are just conclusions I've come to of why we go through fire and testing. And, um, and it is our faith is being, it's being purified. You know, we're, it's, a, it's it's like our endurance is being, we're gaining endurance, which, you know, Hebrews talks much about that we have need of endurance. And, you know, we're, in the last days, you know, there will be a great falling away. So here's sort of what a conclusion I've had about times of testing. You know, that scripture says, if you can't run in the day of the footman, how will you ever run in the day of the of the horsemen that meaning if you can't get through there you, you just we just don't know what's ahead of us and wonder if in the mercy of God these are just just getting us ready. just wonder I'm just it's just a wonder for me and um, that he's just getting us ready and um, for whatever's ahead but I this is one of the things so our faith gets purified there's endurance that comes through these times of testing. And I love this to be found um, this is one I think this version I wrote, that the trial on your faith is more precious than gold, so that, so that the, the genuineness of your faith uh, let me let me start over first Peter 1, seven, more precious than, in gold, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, gold perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found the result. praise and praise glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ i just really feel like there's just more glory coming i do i just feel like there's just more glory there's more praise there's more worship coming and i believe even more revelation of who jesus is just more revelation you know and and on the back side of this for me that's really how i feel i feel like you know a lot of stuff got kind of out of me that was sort of in the way of just him of just Jesus you know it's like the simplicity of just who he is I I, and I'm thankful that you know and I always get to the back side of a time of testing I'm always I really hate that I had to go through that okay (laughs) but I'm always really thankful for the work that God did in my life And uh, because I feel that pureness come, I feel that genuineness being returned back to to more simplicity of my relationship with the Lord. And I really felt in this season, I just, just Jesus, just loving him so much more, just getting back to that place. And I believe that's part of a conclusion. And James 1, 3 says, for, you know, when your faith is tested your endurance has a, t- a chance to grow, and I—that just goes right along with that. And here's another. And so I think number one, when we're being tried, and our—you know—that's really a conclusion of why we bit we go through these. Our faith is simply being purified. It's getting stronger. Your endurance is getting. You're it's just more endurance. I feel like the second thing that really actually happens to us is deeper realms of grace. And I just, this is a great scripture here, First Corinthians 1, 9, and 10. Um, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Oh, is this right? Do I have the right scripture up there? Let me look. Nope, it's not. It's not right. It might be second. Let me just read mine just don't even worry about it um it says indeed now, I feel like when we're going through this stuff that this is there's deeper realms of grace that we access because we're so needy okay <laughs> we realize our need of the Lord right we get to the end of ourselves right and we begin to recognize our needs uh Anne was just saying that to me this morning she's really See last year Ann had a brain tumor was probably a month or two away from not making it didn't even know she had it but that's one thing she said to me this morning I'm so thankful to get to the end of me <laughs> you know <laughs> it's awesome thank you Ann yeah I mean just that's she you know I could just applaud so many this morning for how you've behaved yourself in the midst of all that you've walked through I just can't even and still walking through um but these deeper realms are, I want to just say that this is what Paul said indeed we felt within ourselves that we had received the very sentence of death but this was to keep us from trusting in and dependent upon ourselves instead of God who raises the dead so for the sake of Christ I am well pleased listen to this and take pleasure in infirmities insults hardships persecutions perplexities on uh, distresses for when I am weak, I am truly strong. And that's really all grace is. Is that of your weakness? Strength. 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 Isn't that powerful? It's really powerful. Pa- and then it says, and then um, this is another one that I love. This is a life verse for me. Second Corinthians 4, 7. It says, however, we possess this treasure in earthen vessels, let me just say this. This was my next point. I missed it. I, that was deeper realms of grace that we access in the midst of this. But here's another thing. I said more glory. This is glory. Okay. Glory. And here's why. Second Corinthians four seven. However, we possess this treasure in earthen vessels that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not ourselves. And that's something. It's the only way we're gonna get glory, and, and glory's what we at, we're after. I promise you. When the glory hits the house, I mean, we've tasted measures of glory. We don't understand glory, you know. Solomon and his temple. You remember that day when they dedicated the temple and the priests couldn't stand because the glory was in the house. That's, listen, folks. That's what we want. That's what we're after is glory. It's glory. You know, because glory is goodness. When the glory of God's release, it's God's goodness getting released because that's what Abraham experienced was the goodness of God. His glory was passing by. It was goodness. Pass, it was Moses with Abraham too. He's there. He, he he disputes me on that. So when he cut open those pieces and he passed you'll know, see. who <laughs> i feel this glory is what we're going for it's our final destination it is glory it is we're going to live in glory for all eternity and glory is what we're going for but you know the way to get glories by knowing this right here this let me just say this again because this is an awesome verse however we possess this treasure in earthen vessels you got to understand, it's these weak old pots of clay. We're possessing a treasure. And do you know what the word possess means there? The Greek is echo. That's all we're doing is we're echoing. When we learn to echo, and this thing is not about me; it's about the grace of God working through me, and about the Holy Spirit coming through me. That's where glory's coming from. That's where the glory is going to be found. It's not about. See, we're in the way. We're just in the way with trying to do this stuff ourselves. But this is what it says right here: that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not ourselves. Whoo, is that not good? Whoo, it's good. Self's got to get out of the way. and uh, But, you know, it's it's really easy to get out of the way, honestly. You just, you know, you just face the truth about yourself. You didn't got it. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have it. <laughs> That's just what I call the easy anointing, you know. You just don't have it. And when you just say that to the Lord, you know, Lord, I don't have it. I can't face this. I can't do this. I can't be this. I don't have it. But you know what? The truth is this He does. He does. He does. It's so good. so good. so good. Wow, is that not the good news? Is that not the good news? Is there another religion in the whole world that that's their story? No. It's all about what they can do, all about what they got going. But no, for us, it's about what we can't do. That's really what the gospel is about, what we can't do. Is that just wonderful? It is good news. It is the best news. It's good news. It's good news. It's the news that the world needs. It's desperate to need. They have been beat up with religion to the point where it's just deadness. It's deadness. Oh, it's such good news. Oh, so good. Thank you, Lord. So we're just after more glory. The, <laughs> the way we're going to get more glory. Oh, it's so good. So good. So good. Here's a, Um. let's see. Get to my right nose. Oh. Yeah, and I, I just want to say this one again: for our light, momentary afflictions is ever more and more abundantly. Listen to this. Did we do this one? Second Corinthians four seventeen and eighteen. But listen to this: for our light, momentary afflictions is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. It's beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations of vast transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. That's what I'm talking about. When you can see that your times of testing and shaking, it's like at the mall when you see that dot and it says you're here. And anthropology's over there. <laughs> I love anthropology. Oh, woo. Mm, boy, I got a wave of glory on that one. <laughs> Teasing. No, yeah, I really failed it. Wow, Lord. (laughs) Okay, that was good. They don't know what anthropology is. (laughs) Some of you do. It's good. Woo, that's good. Thank you, Lord. Wow, that is an awesome scripture. You can see. You know what? When we were... I'm going to stop. I'm about done. I kept with Byron. I argued all last year. Because Byron was good to just... Not He was good to not have an answer. I need answers. That's the way I am. I think it's a girl thing. And we just fight over it. We fight about spiritual stuff, y'all. I'm sorry. We have some differences. Not major, but it's... But anyway, he always thinks he's right is the problem. LAUGHTER <laughs> But, you know, (laughs) if I can just kind of know that there's glory on the backside coming, then I can somehow grab hold of it when I don't have, when I feel like I don't have anything to grab hold of. And it really doesn't matter what we're facing. God, in every moment, it's no matter what we go through, you know, God really wants to release glory in every situation. I mean, this was Paul. Paul was beaten. He's crushed and beaten. And I mean, I think about that. If you ever just put your, just go when you're reading the scripture and not just read the words, but go actually sit down in the story. Try that. Go set yourself down in the story. And when Paul was quoting that scripture, he understood there was glory. There was this exceeding glory that I believe he had tasted of already in the heavenly realm. And that's why he knew he could get through. He knew what he was made for. It was glory. It's made for glory. And I just want to say this to all of you that have and that was really, I just wanted to just give y'all a little bit more to conclude. That those were kind of my conclusions. You know, how we got through it and then conclusions. I don't really know why. But those are just conclusions. That's all they are of what I've come to. And they're things I can hang my hat on. You know, they really, really are. And I'm so thankful. Um, I, I do want to say this one, one thing before I finish. I need to stop, but the next generation is at stake okay every generation that serves the lord and goes through just like the children of israel have their journey okay we all have a journey we we journey together as a congregation and we journey as individuals and every every generation has their journey And how they are relating to the things they go through in life are really important. And I'll tell you why I believe it's because the next generation under us is at stake. Really important. It says this, um, and it talks about this in Psalm 78 that the children of Ephraim, this is, he, it's verse five says, for he established a testimony in Jacob. And that's what I'm talking about today, an established testimony. In this place. It says this. For he established a testimony in Jacob. And appointed a law in Israel. Which he commanded our fathers. That they should make them known. To their children. And then he goes on and says. That the children of Ephraim. Being armed and carrying bows. Turned back in the day of battle. And I don't believe this. This congregation turned back in the day of battle. And I believe. We're going to see a whole generation under us really go, really go. And I I just believe I've always seen that instinctively, that how we are living out our life, our journeys with the Lord, our children are at stake. So many people drift from the Lord, but don't realize that their children are at stake when they're not really going after God and really. Saying yes to the purposes and plans of God. And I really felt that this morning. That the generation under us is at stake. And it's really a benefit to all of you that have suffered and gone through things. I promise you this. You're going to see. You're going to see your generations. Because you said yes and amen to the Lord and you've not been disgruntled and complained and fell out with him, that your children and your children's children will follow hard after God. I believe that with all my heart and be blessed. So I just want to say that. Amen.
0: That was a great message, wasn't it? I had a thing recently where the Holy Spirit came to me and, and spoke to me and he came like a mother. That's how he appeared to me, like a mom. And he got up after we had this conversation and he walked off laughing. And then God the Father came and took me and took my face in his hands and kissed me on the lips, okay? Kissed me on the lips, and then he walked off. And I think this morning, this message that Becky gave was like the Holy Spirit, like that conversation I had with the Holy Spirit, is he really was trying to speak to us this morning, and I hope you were hearing something besides, it was a great message, right? I mean, she did a good job talking it, and it was a great scripture, but it was something more than that. It was it was really some, it was an impartation that the Holy Spirit wanted to give us. And I, the thing that I got out of it, even though I gave her the message, <laughs> no, I didn't give her that message. <laughs> the thing I got out of it, though, was this. Was was where God wanted to take us? Yeah. Is that God was saying, all this was for my glory? Yeah. Is I that's what I that's where I want to take you is into my glory, from glory to glory. We're changed into that same image from glory to glory. Sometimes in between those glory spots, or it's kind of difficult. That scripture she quoted about Ephraim being armed with a bow. That's actually the scripture the Lord got me to this church in i would have never come to that this church there's one time the lord spoke that scripture to me years ago Ephraim, even though he was armed with a bow turned back in the day of battle and i fell on my face when i heard that said lord there's coming a day please help me to remember this not to turn back and the guy you know talked the lord you know i had this opportunity to come here and i didn't really want to I didn't want to come unless I had a word from the Lord. And I had 20 words from the Lord, but none of them were good enough. And this guy spoke that word over me. And when he said it, it was like, That's, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I believe the Lord really does want to invite people into something more this morning. You know, that there's, there's an ending, like Baker said. This, we're talking about a new day. But it's, it's really his glory that God really wants to bring us into a greater degree of glory than we've ever experienced. And I, I believe that with all my heart. I don't, listen, I'm not here just to do church stuff. I'm here. This, this is what I'm here for. What I came here this morning, I came here for stuff like this. I want to hear something that God's got to say that God wants to do in my life that's going to change me and change, change to where I'm headed in life. And I think the Lord's saying that to us this morning. You know, it could have been Joe Blow that gave the message, It wasn't just because Becky gave it, although I will admit I love her more than I do everybody else. But, you know, let's just ask the Lord if that's really what you feel in your heart. If you feel like God was speaking to you. Anything, really, whatever it is. But I think it's a moment for us. I think it's a moment where we can make some decisions and choices about our tomorrows, about where we go from here. And it just certainly seems to me in the Scripture that God's pretty picky or very discretionary about His glory. I mean, he'll give a lot of people an anointing, but I don't think he puts his glory on a lot of people. You know, Becky quoted that scripture about they couldn't get into the, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't stand under the glory. Well, they, it went on, they couldn't even get into the temple. The glory got so strong, it was an increase, it's an increase. And so I just wanted to say, Lord, i that's what I'm in this for, Father is I'm asking you, Lord, to bring your glory like we've never seen it in this church, like we've never seen it. Lord, we've seen some good things. We've seen, had some really awesome times. experiencing in the river of God, the heavenly realm. We've had things, Lord, we've had angels to manifest, Lord, all that, Lord. But, Lord, we're asking you, Lord. We're asking you today, Lord, if you're inviting us into a realm of glory that we've never experienced, a corporate experience of Of the glory of God coming. Lord, we're saying yes. I'm saying yes, Lord. I'm saying yes. Lord, just release that right now. Just release. We're saying, Lord, you are good. Release your glory right now, Lord. Bring us in. Lord, help the people in this room, Lord. Hear the invitation from heaven. Hear the invitation. Let me just do this. I know this is Becky's trick, okay? She always says it's always good for you to do something. When the Lord speaks. Well, I am just want to say this. I really believe this. I believe the Lord is saying, I'm inviting people. If you want to come into a greater degree of my glory, I believe he wants people to respond to it. To say, okay, I want that, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. And so if you are one of those people, why don't you stand up from your seat and walk up here. And just come up here to stand before the Lord. I'm not going to mess with you. I'm not going to try to do anything to you. I'm not going to get Marlon to yell into your belly. <laughs> Unless the Holy Spirit said to. <laughs> but I am going to say something. I'm going to say, I believe in this thing called the glory of God.